Welcome back, sports nerds, to another episode of Case in Point. I am your host, as always, Jason Kaysen. It is Monday, August 22nd, and we are about to dive into the baseball sphere. Now, a lot has happened since our last episode where we talked about um, kind of where we're, we're going with this show and, and kind of what we're going to cover. Uh, I let you guys know that we're going to be doing some sports recap episodes, and this is going to be one of those uh, where we're going to kind of dive into where we're at in the season to get everyone caught up that doesn't follow baseball. For those of you that follow baseball, this is going to be pretty repetitive, um, but we'll dive right into it. Since we talked... 2021 the Atlanta Braves won the World Series and it was awesome now what was not so awesome about that is you get the the downfall of a championship team and that's where you have the players that their contracts are up and it's time for them to hit free agency now what you don't see is you don't see a player like a Dirk Nowitzki win a championship and then go to I don't know the team that's second best in the NBA. So that would be like Dirk Nowitzki losing and joining Kobe for the Lakers. You don't see that happen. Now, Freddie Freeman, who in this story is Dirk Nowitzki, went straight from the Braves to the Dodgers, which not super crazy. Dodgers have been the the highest spending team in the last five plus years. Um, and first base was definitely a need. They had players that could play first base, but it wasn't their primary position. And it's a good lefty bat that they can add to the to the uh, lineup, especially since Bellinger, who was supposed to be this great you know lefty power swinging outfielder slash first baseman, uh, could, can't hit the broadside of a barn. So they decided to go after Freddie Freeman, which good for them. Now. What was weird about it was the lack of communication between the Braves and Freddie Freeman. So you would think this guy's played his entire career for the Braves, takes the Braves to a World Series, wins the World Series, and no communication about re-signing him. And what's even weirder is there was plenty of first basemen out available for trade or via free agency, that if Freddie Freeman was out of the budget, you would have seen them make a move a lot quicker. They didn't. They basically waited until it was inevitable that Freddie Freeman's leaving, and then they go and trade for a first baseman, which in this case, Matt Olson, good first baseman, not better than Freddie Freeman, but a good substitute for what happened. So it was kind of like, ah, maybe they were working behind the scenes and we just haven't heard anything. Well, come to find out, and we kind of touched on this on the first episode when we came back, um, there was some controversy to where Freddie Freeman's agent uh, was kind of pushing for the Dodgers um, so he could be whatever his his motive was there. Clients, more clients are in the L.A. area. He's in the L.A. area. Uh, you know, money might have been the same, but he might get more incentives going to the Dodgers, so more kickback percentage for him. I mean, there's so many things that could be his motive. Uh, also, you know, if he's petty, doesn't like the Braves or the way ownership was talking or dealing with Freddie Freeman's contract and he got butthurt about it. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is the Braves very much wanted to bring Freddie Freeman back and Freddie Freeman didn't know because Freddie Freeman's agent didn't let him know. So Freddie Freeman's in this whole process where he's like, you know what? 
It is what it is. I'm going to go to the Dodgers. Hey, guess what? Me on the Dodgers is better than me on the Braves because I'm surrounded by way more talent. And I'm surrounded by talent that is solidified talent, not up-and-coming talent that not necessarily they're not good, but you know they can have a slump year or they try to learn something or, or advance their game and it just doesn't work out. Whereas the Dodgers have seven-plus all-stars on their team that are solidified all-stars so in his mind yes sucks get over it move on well how we found out about this was freddie freeman goes back to atlanta for his ring ceremony and he's super emotional and it it was just it didn't seem like someone that had the offseason that he had going to the dodgers because it would seem as if if this was your decision to leave you would have had these emotions prior you would have gone through this emotionally, um, personally. This would have happened before you left. And he's very emotional to the point where the innocent bystander, the 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 casual viewer, can see it. Not necessarily the media or the people that you know understand the situation. Just the people tuning in, tuning in are like, "Wow, this guy really loved his team, and by golly, he's not happy." He's very sad about this. So, which led people to dive into it and come to find out. Freddie Freeman actually comes out and and lets them know that he learned some things and um, some things he's not too happy about, and rightfully so. And basically what happened is the Braves, you know, they had a heart-to-heart with Freddie Freeman. When he comes back for the ring ceremony, starts seeing the people that he hasn't seen in a while, that he's seen his entire career up until this point, and... You know, it starts bringing up emotions and then conversations start to happen. And then he realizes like, oh, crap, I could have come back. My agent basically pushed me this direction when the money was on the table. Freddie Freeman could have came back for the same money, if not more. Kind of like a Devontae Adams kind of thing. But the only difference is Devontae Adams wanted to leave. I don't think Freddie Freeman wanted to leave. And what makes this even weirder or even like more controversial is once he left Ronald Acuna, who is now the solidified brave star basically comes out and starts saying how bad of a teammate Freddie Freeman was when literally Freddie Freeman is painted as like this ultimate team guy, like the guy that stuck around, like the Braves had crap years and he stuck around and he was the face of that franchise and Acuna Great ball player, one of the best outfielders, especially hitting outfielders in the game. He just comes out and starts blasting him. So it's it was almost like at the time it was like, oh whoa, this is why the Braves moved on. He wasn't that good of a teammate. Ronald Acuna, this five star athlete, this this top prospect coming up into the system, didn't feel like he was a good teammate. So why would they keep Freddie Freeman around if they have all these young guys coming up? So it was like that added like, oh, yeah, you know, that's why they moved on. And then you find out, no, that that's that wasn't even a discussion like that. Freddie Freeman was coming back if if his agent didn't play a factor in it. Now, is all this true? There's enough reports that lead me to believe that this is a, a bigger story than than it is. But could he have ultimately made the decision to go to the Dodgers anyways? Absolutely. 100%. But the way that he was acting almost feels like if money matched, 
I think he comes back. Who knows? Now, moving forward. We've moved on. Freddie Freeman's moved on. We're past the All-Star break. Leading, coming out of the All-Star break, we had a lot of big storylines. We had some big teams that were winners, some big teams that were massive disappointments. Hence why there's no halo on the hat today. Uh, It's the Rocket City Trash Pandas because my halos are probably the most disappointing team this season. Injury de- injuries definitely killed them. Um, you know, my biggest losers so far, a little over halfway through the season, obviously the Angels, uh, that's a big one. Uh, I, 27 and 14, I believe, is what they are, fully healthy, which not still, with the talent they have, would be a, a not-so-great season, but much better than where they're at right now, being 11 games under 500. But... Um, they had a 14 game losing streak. They ended up firing their manager, just a complete cluster. The angels in the last five years have had a massive controversy that, okay, maybe not massive, but they've had a controversy that has leaked into the national media at least once a year. Pitcher dying, ODing, drugs being dealt through the, the, the organization, uh, you know, big-time veteran players getting traded just because they're not playing well, even though you knew this was going to be part of the contract fall-off. Mr. Pujols, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, All those things, everything. Trout getting injured, now Trout having a a back disorder that could cost him his future. Like There's just so many things that they need to get buttoned up. And then on top of that, you sprinkle on the fact that they have a subpar farm system so there you go but they have fire farm logos which shout out to them now angels aren't the only team that are disappointment obviously um, there's the nationals they're a disappointment um you know they ended up having to trade away juan soto that's two years in a row that they had to get rid of massive talent just because they're out of the playoff race and they have guys coming out of you know a big contract that they know aren't going to re-up so they have to get rid of so being a nationals fan for the last few years has been rough uh i mean five years they had to get rid of bryce harper they had to get rid of max scherzer and trey turner they had to get rid of juan soto i mean these are big time superstars that they're trading these aren't like you know one two-time all-stars these are superstars like guys that teams can start building around um so another year for the nationals having to ship away another superstar they did get some prospects back um in the trade so who knows what you know what comes of that in the next three years but for right now not so great um red Sox, another big disappointment more so that injuries have definitely hurt them they had to trade away vasquez um just because everything that uh, how the season's kind of transpiring another contract deal where they can get some prospects for some talent that some other teams can use uh, and that division is tough right now very 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 tough um you know the rays are good even the orioles are showing some life the yankees are good obviously uh the blue jays are young and good so the red Sox they need to start trying to to trade up to get some prospects they already had to move past mookie Betts. that ended up working out for him for a little bit uh xander bogarts might be the next guy out who knows 
Um, but they still got some decent bats. They're not totally out of it right now, but coming into the season, they were supposed to be one of the top three teams coming out of that division with the Rays and the Red Sox kind of fighting for that third spot with the Blue Jays and Yankees kind of holding it down. But right now, that that's not the case. Uh, Rangers are another disappointing team. The Rangers spent the most on two players in the entire offseason, getting Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. And second shortstop, guys that are going to be turning to right up the middle of your infield, uh, probably your most athletic on the team, best hitters by far. Um, and they're scoring runs uh, right now. They're I believe they're six under five hundred, uh, and they only have like a run differential of like minus four. So it's not like it's not like they're um, they're terrible, but they're definitely not playing up to expectations. Pitching is going to have to be a massive focus for them this next offseason, which honestly, if, if you look at any of these teams that are struggling, aside from the Nationals, because the Nationals have to start completely over, aside from the, Na- the Nationals, all of these teams really just need to focus on where they can improve their pitching um, to try to keep them closer into games, and then you can get timely bats to kind of make up for that uh white Sox, a little bit of a disappointment you know coming out of the all-star break they were sitting right around 500 that division is not good um and the white Sox probably had the most overall talent out of all those teams the twins made some moves but it, it wasn't it still didn't get them up to the the scale where the white Sox were so the white Sox, it was basically their division to lose and they're losing it they're not doing a good job managing it um so that one's tough to see um and then you know phillies i would say they're kind of on the fence they have a really good week really bad week really good week really bad week and it's almost like they can't win the games that matter um which is really frustrating because they have a lot of young talent and bryce harper is as clutch as they come uh he's playing out of his mind another team that pitching can definitely help uh they did make some moves um at the trade deadline to try to improve that bullpen and improve some timely bats uh, bringing in a guy like Brandon Marsh from the Angels, actually, who's a speedy outfielder that can kind of fill in a gap there for him at the back end of the lineup. So I would say out of all those teams, White Sox and uh, Phillies are probably near the bottom of the most disappointing teams. But the expectations they had going into the year and where they're at right now just don't correlate now on the flip side the teams that are making massive improvements and and have really surprised everyone obviously the dodgers they're they're playing great i mean they're they're one of those teams that you know you can turn on the game look down look up and it's eight nothing like they have the best overall batting lineup um and they have the they have guys on the bench that can hit they just aren't right now max muncie is a good hitter and he's batting sub 200. Joey Gallo traded for him in the offseason or in the the during the trade deadline having a terrible year. But we still know he can hit. So you got guys like that that can come in and then every it's almost like everyone can play every position. Um you know Gavin Lux can play everywhere, Trey Turner can play everywhere, Mookie Betts can play everywhere. They can just mix and match and move these guys around. And it's almost like no matter what, you have good bats, you know, 60% of your lineup, you're going to have good bats no matter what. Injuries, uh, you know, pitching assignment, doesn't matter. You're going to have a good lineup. So Dodgers are by far the favorite coming out of the NL right now. Um, Astros, another team that, you know, the thing with the Astros is they're starting to become the Patriots for me. 
Um, no matter what the hype is in the offseason about how, oh, they lost this, they lost that, they're not going to be good. The Astros are still there. <laughs> they, they, they're not going away. Cheaters are not. They're not going away. So the Astros are having a great season. They're, you know, fighting neck and neck with the Yankees. Who's going to be the top team for the AL? Um, which leads us to the Yankees being another team that is has been impressive. We knew their bats. You know, they added Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo and all these guys that can that can hit bombs. They ended up getting rid of Gallo because he just wasn't cutting it. Uh, they brought in Matt Carpenter. He had like a, a resurgence there for a little bit. They're they're a well-rounded team and they have the pitching to match, which is scary. Um, but they have had a little bit of a fall off since the all-star break could be, you know, a lot of things, but the Yankees are still good. They're another team like the Dodgers. Not everyone can play every position, but they have enough depth to where they have 60% of good bats in, in their lineups. Um, the, the most surprising team I would say out of this entire list is it has to be the Mariners. They were they're a young team. They were kind of hyped coming out of the offseason. It was almost like everyone expected the Angels to be great because you have Trout and Otani. And then it was like, yeah, you kind of can't count out the Astros. And man, the Rangers spent so much money. They got to finish around third in the division. And the Mariners are still kind of young. So they're going to be fighting for that third, fourth. And they were at, at, at the jump. It was like Mariners angels fighting for the top with the Astros kind of there. And then it was like Mariners fell angels climbed angels fell Astros climbed and stayed. And then the Mariners started creeping back up. The Mariners went on a crazy win streak um, where the angels went on a 14 game losing streak. The Mariners went on a 14 game win streak, just massive turnaround. Um, they're in the playoff hunt right now. They're in second place in the wild card standings. I still think Julio Rodriguez is a superstar in the making. Um, but I think there's there's too much depth in the AL East. They're beating each other up. Just wait until you get like a two-week span where the AL East is playing like the AL Central. And the AL West is playing each other. And the AL West will beat each other up. And the AL East will sweep the AL Central. That's what's going to happen. That's that's kind of where that gap's going to bridge. I'm not. I would not be surprised if all three wild card spots come from the AL East. I really wouldn't. They're not coming from the Central. Whoever wins the Central, they're playoff bound, and second place is out. The way that the AL Central is going right now, that that's the case. It's going to be: is the AL West going to get two teams or one team? The AL East are they going to get two or three? I mean, the the Orioles are in the hunt. The Rays are in the hunt. The Blue Jays are in the hunt. I mean, there's, I mean, you could even technically count the Red Sox in if you wanted to. Um, there's, there's a lot of a lot of good depth in the AL East, but the Mariners can't. They're in they're in the spot right now. They can. I don't think they will, but they can. Um, but they've been a massive surprise. Braves, another good surprise. Freddie Freeman kind of took the whole offseason. Um, talks and, and headlines. Uh, like I said earlier, they bring in Matt Olson. He kind of fills that gap a little bit. Uh, Dansby Swanson is having a massive year. Austin Riley's having a massive year. Um, they got Acuna back. Ozuna, who's been massive troublemaker, uh, you know, aggressive assault uh, arrest, DUI arrest. He actually just made his comeback this weekend and was booed by his own fans just because of what he's doing in the offseason. Um, but you add Azuna to that, th this team can go. Um, they really can. So 
Braves are, they were like 50, I want to say they were like 59 and 41 at the All-Star break. So they're well above 500, playing great baseball, young talents. Their pitching's keeping up. Pitching's the only thing that scares me for the Braves. They have pitching depth, like in their bullpen, but their starting rotation, they have two to three really good arms that could carry them through a playoff series. But if it's something where, you know, they go deep in the playoffs and they have to use a fourth guy, do they have that? I don't think they have the bullpen to do a bullpen start, um, but they have the bullpen that can close a game out if it's 2-0 or, or whatever. Um, and and the last and, and final team that, that's been impressive is the Mets. The Mets have been um, – they were a team – the Mets are – ooh, who's a good comparison for the Mets? The Mets are the Browns. The Browns were terrible. They were great in their heyday, terrible. And then, not great in their heyday, good in their heyday, terrible. And then they had this recent resurgence. And it was almost like the Browns roster is so good. They're they're playoff bound. They're going to make the playoffs. And it was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Then the one year they beat the Steelers in a playoff game. And then it was like, oh, they're back. That's the Mets. The Mets have been down. They're on that slight climb. Wow, their roster's really good. They're going to make the play. Nope. Oh, wow, their roster's even better. They're going to make the playoffs. Injuries. Oh, wow, they're really good. They're going to make the playoffs. Oh, nope. Braves are better. Oh, wow, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. The Mets are good this year. And they are overall the probably the most rounded team in baseball. They have... The two best pitchers in baseball on their team, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, no arguments. There's zero arguments at that. They have a great shortstop in Lindor. They have a power-hitting first baseman in Alonzo. Starling Marte has been rejuvenating his career. They are a good team. Then you get into Mr. Trumpets, Edwin Diaz, closing out the game. Good closer. Has had the has had the rap of being a good closer, but not like this. He's coming in and just throwing in heat, and he's doing a great job closing these games out. The Mets are scary. They're scary good. Now, the only thing that scares me about the Mets in a seven-game series is their bats. They can get really cold, and Lindor showed that for the Indians. Uh, Starling Marte has shown that over his years, uh, not necessarily in the playoffs, but he's just shown that he can go on a cold spell. Um, so their pitching is going to have to carry him, and they have good pitching. Um, so we'll see how, how that plays out. But um, the Mets are another team that, that's been quite surprising. So we've talked about who's been surprising so far, where everyone's standing. Let's focus on predictions. Okay. Obviously, we're going to dive into baseball more as the season goes on because we have all the way through October into November. So let's make some predictions. Now, August 22nd, 2022, case in point, predicts the following for MLB baseball. Now, we'll start on the AL side. We'll start AL side. Okay. We're going to start with your division winners, and then we'll go into your wild cards. Okay, so I have coming out of the AL East, no brainer here. 
got the Yankees. They're cold right now. Not cold, but they're they're lukewarm. They're going to get hot, and they're going to get hot at the right time, which is scary. Not good, especially when you have bats like you do in that lineup. So Yankees take the AL East. Okay. Now, AL West, no-brainer as well, Houston Astros. AL Central. This is where it can get, you know, this is where you're going to have people that are kind of, you know, on the fence. Who goes where? Who's better than who? Twins, White Sox, Guardians. Ugh, hate that name. Hey, can we time out? Can we talk about how crappy of a name that is? The Guardians. I get the I get the city connection. I get all that crap. But really, the Guardians, that's the best thing you came up with? Not surprising that a city like Cleveland would botch this. They are so lucky Washington changed their name to the Commanders because that's just as bad. So it takes away from their terrible name. Call. No one likes the Guardians. Nobody. I have yet to see a Guardian hat. I watch Guardian games and there's Indian hats. No one's wearing Guardian hats. It is a crap logo. It is a crap name. And it was a terrible decision. There you have it. Okay, back to that. Now, because of that, Guardians will not move on. Strictly because of their name. Now, the team that will move on is a team that is slowly improving and kind of gelling and meshing, and that is the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins are going to win the AL Central, and it's going to be very close. Very, very close. Um, now, your wild card teams. This is where it's going to get a little interesting. Okay. Um, you got to take the Rays and the Blue Jays. Okay, so Rays and Blue Jays are going to be are going to be coming in hot. Okay, and I'm not going to do it. I know everyone's like, "Ooh, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it." No, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I actually think, and this is crazy, absolutely crazy, but I think. That the Chicago White Sox are going to make it in the final wild card spot. Just saying, it's going to be that close to where, if the Mariners go on a slide and those teams are fighting for that one spot and they finally figure it out, they get it done. Um, is that bias? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, do I truly, deep down, think the Mariners can pull it off? Yeah. Yeah, I do. History tells me otherwise, though. So, I'm going to say White Sox. Now, it doesn't matter because whoever's in that spot is playing the the top seed anyway. So, they're not going to get either team. The Mariners or the White Sox or the Guardians or the Orioles or even if the Red Sox pull it off, none of those teams are going to make it past their first round of the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. So, having said that, we're going to... Go with Yankees, obviously being the number one seed. That's easy. That's easy money. We don't have to. We don't have to do anything with that. Uh, two seed would be the Astros. Uh, three seed. We're gonna go with the Rays, um, or not the Rays. Sorry, the Twins because they win the AL Central. Uh, the four seed is gonna be the Blue Jays. The five seed is going to be the Rays, and the six seed is going to be the White Sox. So, your 3-6 matchup, I'm taking the Rays over um, 
or sorry, the I'm taking the Twins over the um, White Sox. Taking the Twins over the White Sox. They took the division. They play them. Twins over the White Sox. Twins move on. Uh, therefore, the Twins would then play the Astros. Uh, in the 4-5 spot, I'm taking Blue Jays all day. Blue Jays are going to wipe the Rays clean. Uh, then you're going to have Blue Jays-Yankees as a matchup. Now, this is going to be the Yankees' toughest test in the season. Facing the Blue Jays in a series. Pitching goes Yankees' way. Hitting goes Yankees' way. Team defense, team offense goes Blue Jays. So, are the games going to be high scoring? If they are, Yankees. Low scoring? Low scoring pre-five innings or post-five innings? Because if it's low scoring pre-five innings, Blue Jays. If it's low scoring post-five innings, like if it's five to three going into the sixth, I'm going Yankees. Because I don't see... I don't see enough depth on the Blue Jays to be able to come back. But if they can hold a lead, absolutely. Taking Blue Jays all day. But in a series, I'd be stupid to say anything other than the Yankees. Now, on the other side, you have Astros. Definitely taking the Twins. 100%. The Astros taking the Twins. Now, Astros-Yankees. This one's going to be insane because this has happened before, right? The the whole Astros run and, you know, cheating, not cheating, whatever. This has happened before. I I got to go Yankees. I got to go Yankees here. Their pitching's better than than prior. Uh, the last series that they've had against each other, the Yankees pitching is better. Their bats are equally the same. The Astros have to... I I don't want to say out hit them, but they have to out average them. They're gonna to have to get on base more. They're gonna to have to get more hits. It's they're not gonna be able to to swing for the fences with them. It's not gonna happen. Alvarez can can keep up with with Stanton, but no one on that team can keep up with Judge. So I'm taking the Yankees, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a long series. It's gonna be it might go the full distance, but Yankees take. The AL to the World Series. Now, the NL was the toughest for me to decide who would win what, who would go where, who would advance, because you have a lot of really good matchups that scare the living crap out of me. Especially since the team that I want, the team I want to send, has a really tough matchup. So we'll get into that right now. So one seed, overall one seed, I'm taking the Doyers. The Dodgers will take the one seed. They're on a good run right now. I think they stay consistent with that. I think the Mets kind of challenge them for it, but I think the Dodgers take it. Okay. Two seed being the AL or NL East champion, the New York Mets. Okay. New York Mets being the two seed. Now your um your NL Central winner taking the Cardinals. Taking the Cardinals to win the NL Central. Um, I think it's gonna be a good battle between um you know the brewers and the cardinals but i just i see the cardinals taking it um just for the the title division so i see them at three uh the four seed i see the braves taking the four seed as the first wild card second wild card i see the brewers uh and the sixth wild card i see the padres now i would have put the padres a lot higher if 
um, Tatis wasn't a moron. Uh, we didn't really touch on that. So for those of you that don't know, uh, they traded for Juan Soto. It was going to be like the big three because Fernando Tatis was uh, coming off of a massive injury. So he's missing most of the season. He was supposed to come back uh, just after the All-Star break. He was actually making rehab uh, assignment plans, and uh, he tested positive for performance enhancers. So he is appealing it, and, and he's he's going through the, the proper uh, channels to, to fight it. But, um, you know, definitely not what you want to see as a Padres fan. Um, you know, you have that massive high drop to a, a pretty big low. Soto's not off to a great start. Um, there, but it's change of scenery. He's going from East coast to West coast ball flies differently. So there's, there's a lot of things that he has to adjust to. He's also going from a, you know, decent division to a, um, a better pitching division. Um, so, you know, it, it'll take time. I still think the Padres make it, but barely. Okay. Um, so having said that your three, six matchup would be the Cardinals and the Padres I, Cardinals take it easy cardinals are a well-rounded team i like the cardinals a lot they take it plus they have a ton of storylines the one thing you have to look at in sports is if there's storylines and there's big enough storylines those are generally the teams the reason why those stories are being covered is because they're playing up to their popularity and the cardinals have a lot of storylines so taking the cardinals four five seat four five matchup braves brewers braves no-brainer okay so, with that being said, you have NL rematch between Braves and Doyers, uh, and then you have the um, Mets and Cardinals. So, um, I'm going to be biased here, and I hate being biased on the show, but um, I'm going to do it. And I'm, I'm taking the Mets. I think Mets beat the Cardinals, I think, barely. Um, I think they're both pretty well-rounded teams, but the Mets pitching is just unstoppable. So DeGrom has some work to do. He's he's coming back from his injury. He's made a few starts since then, dominated his first few, and then had a rough one. So we'll see how he bounces back. He's going to have to pitch phenomenally uh, for them to beat the, the remaining three teams of the Dodgers, Cardinals, Braves, whatever, uh, and then obviously in the World Series. So we'll see. But I, I see the Mets taking um, I see the Mets taking the um, the Cardinals pretty easily. Not pretty easily. They go the distance, but I don't think I don't think they get blown out in any games. I think they they either win mightily or they lose a close one. Now the matchup that matters the most in this. Because this is going to be the team. One of these teams can take out the other. The Mets can beat both Dodgers and Braves. But only one of these teams can beat the Mets. And it's the Dodgers. So if the Dodgers lose, then it's an all New York World Series. Which, talk about storylines. I really, 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 really don't want to go that direction. I really don't. I don't want an all-New York World Series. Not because I hate New York or I don't like the East Coast. Neither of those are true. I just, I I don't know. It's boring. It's bland. Okay? But Dodgers-Braves, 
That's not bland. That's exactly what baseball wants. Dodgers, Braves, Freddie Freeman, new team versus old team. Ronald Acuna facing the dude in the playoffs that he talked massive trash to. Who takes it? Braves or Dodgers? I'm taking the Braves, baby. Um, yeah, I, I goes the distance. I think the Braves pull it out. Yes, it's bias. I don't like it. Okay, In, internally, I'm fighting myself because the easy answer is the Dodgers. Okay, but Dodgers haven't shown us that they can win a real World Series yet. So they won a COVID year World Series. Woohoo! Shortened season, not the same playoff format. I'm not buying it. I'm not. They they don't have clutch hitter. Freddie Freeman is Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are their clutchest hitters. The Braves know how to throw to Freddie Freeman. The Braves know how to play defense against Freddie Freeman. The Braves are much younger, more talented, future. I'm taking the Braves. The reason why I'm going to take the Braves. The, the biggest factor in this guy we talked about a little bit earlier in Matt Olson. Matt Olson has the most to prove in this playoffs. Being on the A's or coming from the A's where you don't get a lot of playoff exposure from that team, especially in the last five years. And you're going to a team that just won the World Series you're playing the guy that you replaced. You have to show up. I think Matt Olson has a massive series, and I think the Braves take it, and I think it is very close. Every game's close. I'm talking 4-3 every game. It's close. So, taking the Braves. Braves-Mets. We just talked about out of the two teams, only one of those could take out the Mets, and that's the Dodgers. Well, Dodgers are out. I think this is where the Braves end runs. Braves end runs. Braves run ends. The Mets are just too good. I, and, and as much as I hate to say it, we're going to have an all New York World Series. Mets and six. Yeah, I'm going to stick behind that. I think the Mets have the best pitching. Uh, we've already talked about their two best pitchers. They have a great closer. I think what they can do um, defensively to combat some of the 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 pull hitting that the Yankees have I think that if the Mets pitching can show up the Mets win this and they could probably win it in faster than six if you think you're playing you're a seven game series and you're spacing each game out a day in between there's no way that DeGrom and Scherzer don't see the mound twice each there's just no way that's four wins right there that they don't lose. when With them on the mound, they don't lose. Period. Whether Garrett Cole's on the mound or not, they don't lose. So, I'm taking Mets in six. Again, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy. I'm not. I'm really not. Okay? I'm not happy that it's an all-New York World Series. I'm not happy that I had to take out the Dodgers, even though I, I know deep down that the Dodgers are the most talented team. I'm not happy about any of that. Okay? But... I just the Braves are good. They're just not good enough to repeat with how well a lot of these top end teams are playing. Because look, Yankees lose, Astros move on. Astros are putting up a similar fight with the Mets. 
Astros, Yankees, both can beat the Braves. Astros, Yankees can both compete with the Dodgers. I think whoever comes out of the NL wins this. Whether it's the Dodgers, the Braves, the Mets, even the Cardinals. So, I think the Mets win in six against the Yankees. All New York World Series. You heard it here first. Now, that's our baseball recap. Okay, we got more sports to cover. We're going to dive into basketball. We're going to dive into football. We're going to dive into college football. We're going to dive. We may dive. Okay, I'm not going to say this like it's a for sure. We may, may dive into soccer. Maybe. Okay. We have enough people on, you know, affiliated with us, uh, colleagues of ours that know more about soccer than myself that I would love to chit chat with. Maybe we don't do a recap. Maybe we do an episode. We most certainly will be doing an episode or episodes or covering information on the World Cup while that's going on. The plan is to do kind of this sports focus series uh, here over the next couple weeks, four weeks ish. Okay, um, you know, hopefully by middle September, we're we're keeping pace with weekly information. We're gonna have full fledged football season. We're gonna have World Cup right around the corner. Hockey is gonna be starting. Basketball is gonna be starting. There's gonna be so many storylines. We're not gonna be able to focus on just one sport. Um, you know, right now we're NFL preseason, so we'll cover that in the NFL segment. We'll talk about uh, some of the big steals in the draft, how that impacted some of these teams, some of the offseason moves that they made. Um, we'll also do our NFL prediction since the season hasn't started yet. We'll do the same with the NBA now. We're also going to do the same with hockey. Uh, hockey and NBA, we're going to have a couple of, of guests. Um, we're really excited to bring these guys on Um for basketball, we're going to have a repeat guest. Hockey, we're going to have a new newbie. So um, we're really excited to have the, a lot of moves were made um, on the NHL side. Um, so it's it's going to be really fun to sit down and chat. And then basketball, we got a little we got a little something uh, bringing a new segment in. Um, you know, I've I've always been a guy against power rankings, but I think we can spin it into a way that that I enjoy talking about it and and having. Our guest with us is going to be super exciting. So be on the lookout for that. We're going to have um, that those episodes coming out as part of this um, kind of sport focus series uh, where we focus on just one sport. Um, the power ranking that we're going to be covering is going to be top 10 decade teams. So um, kind of going through all the teams that dominated certain decades, 60s Celtics, uh, 70s, 80s Lakers, 70s Celtics, 80s Celtics, um, you know, 80s, 90s Heat, Pistons, um, you know, all the, the 2000s Mavericks, Spurs. I mean, you name it. We're going to be covering it all. So we're going to dive into who had the best decade team. Um, and I've already made the list. I've already gone through all, um, kind of my scoring system. So I'm going to be revealing, revealing the list to you listeners and to our guest live. Um, and then, uh, we're going to get our reactions from there. So super excited about that episode. That one we're going to be dropping, uh, probably here over the next couple weeks. And then the NHL episode will follow. Uh, we're going to dive into the NFL season, um, as well kind of prep that I need to get those predictions out before uh, the season starts. We will also be doing on our Mashing Joys channel, we're going to be doing a streamer fantasy league. Uh, so you saw the last episode that we aired was the live draft of a um, 
a pro league that we were invited to. So we did a little pro league on Yahoo, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be kind of updating you through the NFL episodes, how that goes. Uh, we're also going to be bringing back Fantasy Foursquare Friday, which we're super stoked about. We're going to have new guests. Part of these guests are going to be some of the guys in the streamer league. Some of them you've seen before. Some of you have not. Uh, if you're coming from our Twitch channel, uh, then you know a lot of these guys. So we're super excited about the um, fantasy league that we're going to be doing as a, uh, kind of streamer circle. So we will be airing that on our Twitch channel. Uh, we're going to be getting some content out here in a little bit on our socials with, um, kind of like a calendar. My, my plan is beginning of every month. I'm going to let you guys know, uh, kind of what the, the network's going to be doing, uh, whether it's Twitch streams or episodes dropping, kind of what you can be looking forward to. Um, if we're going to be doing some side content, anything like that, you guys will know in that calendar. So we'll be dropping those. So make sure if you're not yet, go to Twitter, go to Instagram, go to Facebook, follow our page, follow our socials. It's at case in point or at case in point show. Uh, you can click on those, um, those follow buttons and you will be live up to date. Um, we're kind of more active on Twitter, but we're we're picking up the Instagram. We're picking up the Facebook. It's going to be a, a, a full-fledged thing, so make sure you follow. Uh, and then if you're not already, go ahead and follow the Twitch channel at Mashing Joys, uh, twitch.tv slash Mashing Joys. We do uh, weekly streams, uh, usually streaming games, uh, but we're also going to be doing, like I said, we're going to be doing that fantasy league here. We'll be dropping information on that as well. So be on the lookout for that. we got a lot of content coming to you. These um, sports-specific episodes are going to be right around 30 to 45 minutes, just kind of diving into that sport specifically. And then after that, we'll be back to our normal uh, headlines and, and discussions and, and those episodes could be a little bit longer, but I'm trying to shorten these down to, to fit your guys' listening schedule. So, um, if you are following and you are subscribing to our YouTube channel, leave a comment on the video. If you feel like, uh, you want to hear some more content or you need uh, a different day because you listen to certain podcasts and, and you want to listen to this, but it doesn't fit into your schedule. Leave me that feedback. Again, this is something that I do for myself. Uh, to, to kind of alleviate my brain waves. Uh, but if releasing the content on a specific day helps you, uh, by all means, I am, I am all ears. Uh, and if I, if we get a majority rule, I'm more than happy to, to either add more content or adjust the content as need be. So, um, having said that, what we take away from this episode, Mets and six. All right. You heard it here first and rocket city trash pandas might be the best logo in minor league sports. All right, guys, we're out. Appreciate everybody. Again, if you're not liking or following on the socials, please do so like subscribe, mash the bell on the YouTube channel. Uh, we'll be dropping more content and we look forward to it all. May the sports be with you.